0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael
1: Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat. To Michael Bumpus who bounces off of one tackler. Gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team.
0: Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobi. Welcome and welcome into to another edition of Hawk Talk. The Seahawks took down the Tennessee Titans 20 to 17 on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas everyone out there. Happy holidays. It's been good for Seahawks fans bump the last 2 weeks. Thrilling wins, game-winning drives, 2-20 to 17 victories. The Seahawks hopes are not only alive, bump They're alive and well because the Seahawks control their own destiny moving forward. You win two, you're in, you still have an opportunity to get the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs. So right now, as of today on December 27th, things are pretty good. Bump. So Bump, tell me about the Titans game, man. What are your main takeaways? What would you leave that day feeling like?
1: Uh, I left feeling like Geno is still the guy and will be the guy and reminded folks, I look now. There's no competition between him and Drew, right? It's a little friendly rivalry. All right, Drew, 92-yard drive to win the game. That's what's up. Appreciate your dog. Held it down. Gino put together a 96-yard drive. Won the game winner, but it set up the next drive, the longest drive of the season. Gino had two touchdowns, was in complete control of the game. The first half didn't look too great for Gino, but then the second half, they settled down. Uh, the velocity on the football look good. You got clutch receptions from Tyler Lockett, from DK. JSN um, is doing his thing. He's getting comfortable out there. And our guy Boye has been, what, four, five, six weeks since we saw him get after the quarterback. He has two sacks. So I saw a team that once again did enough to win the ball game. 20-17, to 17, the exact same score as the week before, uh, but did it in a different way to end the game. Sacks won the game this, year, this week. Well, last week it was interceptions that won the game. Uh, so I'd like to see a complete game. The run game wasn't where we wanted it to be, but uh, you take a win as big Ray says um, a win isn't ugly enough to ever give it back. So you will take a win wherever you can. And uh, this is who this team is. There's no surprise yeah. that they're winning close ones like this.
0: No. And I love it. You're right. You know, at this point in the league, this is not the BCS. It's not the college football playoff. There's no committee. You just need to win ball games, And that's where this team is at right now. And it's really cool just to see the resilience of this team. Two weeks in a row, we got a lot of young guys on the team, but backs against the wall. We got to have it right now, and they did. And even on the defensive side, right, they gave up the touchdown of the drive before, but when the game was on the line, Tannehill had plenty of time to get down the field and get three points. They weren't able to do that because of plays made by, you mentioned it, Draymond Jones, Boye Mafe, and Treek Wollin, or Rikwollin, excuse me, had a really good game too, which you love to see. And I love to see the the secondary. They were hitting, boy. Julian Love, Quandre Diggs, all these guys are being physical and breaking up passes, and they've been eliminating the big play, which I love to see recently. So another big win for the Hawks, but we got to turn the page because to keep on going, the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming to town. What's on tap?
1: What's on tap?
0: These Steelers are 8-7, third place in the AFC North. They've had an interesting year. They get blown out by the 49ers to start the season, but they have impressive wins now over the Browns, the Raiders, the Baltimore Ravens, which I still scratch my head about, but they got it done. The LA Rams, the Titans, the Packers, and the Bengals twice. They have losses to the Texans, Jags, Browns, Cardinals, Patriots, and Colts as of late. So they're an interesting team. They're they're kind of all over the place. at quarterback right now, but um, – they're they're not going to lay down. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. They're they're a team that showed some resilience last week against the Bengals bump. So what what have you seen from these Steelers?
1: Oh man, the Steelers. Let's focus on uh, what they did last week against uh, Cincy. Now we all heard about Jake Browning, especially uh, around these parts, right? Um, the fairy tale it, it came to an end this week for Jake Browning. He was playing some good football, man. Um, the Steelers beat the Bengals thirty 34- four. 211 last week. Brown, still threw for 335 yards, but he had a career high in interceptions. He had three of them things. On the other side, Mason Rudolph got his first start in two years and he played well 17 27, 290, and two touchdowns. Star of the day has to be George Pickens. He was criticized all week about him not blocking for his running back. He says, I'm not here to block. I'm here to catch the football and score touchdowns. That's what he did. Four receptions for 195 yards and two touchdowns, an 86 yard touchdown, and a 66 yard touchdown. Man, Uh, My man was everywhere. If you're not going to block, I guess you put up numbers like that. Then, uh, then all is well. We'll forgive you.
0: No, he balled out, man. I mean, good, good on him, man. A lot of people talking. He's a headline on every on sports center, ESPN, all the things he comes out and absolutely balls out. And Mason Rudolph gives them a spark that they didn't have when um, Trubisky, sorry, I forgot his name. Mitchell Trubisky was starting those two games after Pickett went down And they got some good running backs, but we're going to get into those in the key matchups with Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. So they're doing well. This game was something that they dominated against the Bengals, who are fighting for a playoff berth at the same time. So it was definitely a big win as both teams are on the outside looking in. But Pittsburgh is still trying to get in the playoffs. They're currently the ninth seed in the AFC. But now let's take a look at the head-to-head comparison between these two teams, Seahawks and Steelers. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Things are decently close with the Seahawks having an edge in a couple categories. Seahawks are 22nd in the NFL averaging 319 yards per game. They're 29th in the NFL in rush offense was definitely something they would love to improve on middle of the pack. When it comes to pass offense, 15th in the NFL averaging 229 yards per game and then points per game. They are 19th averaging 21.3 flipping me over to the other side, the Steelers. They are 26th in the NFL in total offense averaging 294 yards per game. 16th running the ball 110 yards per game, struggle in the pass, only averaging 184 yards per game. That's good for 27th in the league. And look at the points per game; they're averaging 17, that is 28th in the league. So the Seahawks have a slight advantage. I think this you would take, you know, some of the Seahawk players over them. Granted, they have some good guys on offense from a matchup standpoint, but the Seahawks have had a better work of, you know, body of work this season, and I hope to see that again carry over to Sunday. But the Steelers do have some explosive players in offense, so it will be a fun matchup to look at.
1: Yeah, they do. Got to be on point, man. We talk about George Pickens, Najee Harris. You got Warren over there as well. But uh, defensively, is on on paper where the Steelers have the edge of 21st overall. The Hawks, 26. 20th against the run. The Hawks are 27. 21st against the pass. The Hawks are 19th. This is the the stat that kind of baffled me a little bit, and I had to dig a little deeper, right? The Steelers are 7th when it comes to points allowed per game. 19. The Hawks are 23rd. You look at their stats above this, right? Pass defense, rush defense, total offense, and they're hovering around 20. So what makes them be able to to shut things down? They're just good in the red zone. They're getting the red zone. They're top five when it comes to red, zones, red zone defense. So they'll allow you to get a whole bunch of yards in between the 20s. Once it gets in the red zone, they buckle down just a little bit. So the Hawks have struggled at times in the red zone. So this is going to be another good challenge. But last week they played with the number two defense in the red zone, and they were able to yep. get points there. So it, it's going to be a battle either way you put it. Um, the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have 32 sacks. The Hawks have 37 Um uh, when it comes to interceptions, the Hawks have 11, the Steelers have 16. So, again, uh, an evenly matched team on paper. This is the one game in a while, I guess I'll give last week too, to where I say, hey, we got him at quarterback, at the quarterback spot. Gino's always a guy who's going to hang in there and throw hands or whatnot. But with this matchup right here, I'm thinking, all right, Gino's going to be the guy. He has to be the guy to win this ball game for this team. He did last week. Drew did it the week before. Sprinkling the run but get Gino going, especially in the red zone.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And I think the cool thing about Gino last week is not only did he get it done in the red zone, he did not turn the ball over. He's All only right. turned the ball over twice in his last five starts, so he's playing better football at that point. From that standpoint, as long as the Seahawks protect the ball, I think this is a game they should win. The Steelers do a great job of taking the ball away. They are tied for first in turnover differential at plus 10. So definitely got to take care of the Rock against this team. Now, for Seahawks fans who have been out there a long time, the Seahawks and the Steelers do have a deep-rooted history. We'll jump into that now. Know your history. I'm still one of those people who is not over 2005, and I don't care what anyone tells me. It doesn't matter. That's just who I am as a person, and I haven't (laughs) let it go. Anyway, the all-time series between these two teams is tied at 10, including the playoffs. The Seahawks are 10 and 9 in the regular season. The last meeting, though, the Seahawks took on the Steelers on Sunday Night Football 2021. It was Geno's second start, I believe, maybe first start in a Seahawks uniform, excuse me, first start. After Russell got hurt, this is in 2021, Russell breaks his finger. Mm. Seahawks go down to Pittsburgh and a plan on Sunday night. The Hawks were down 14 to zero in the first half, a battle back behind some great runs by Alex Collins. Rest in peace, young man. He had 100 yards that day on 20 carries in one touchdown. But when the game got really interesting at the end, trailing 20 to 17 under two minutes left in the game, Gino led the Seahawks on a nine play 50 yard drive, ending with a Jason Myers field goal that forced overtime. In overtimes, both teams traded punts on the first possessions. Then on the Seahawks' second possession of overtime, Geno Smith was hit from behind by T.J. Watt. sack, fumble, gave the Steelers a good field position. They would kick a field goal two plays later and win the game. That day, Geno was 23 of 32 for 209 yards in one touchdown, but was sacked five times. D.K. Metcalf led the Seahawks' receivers with six receptions for 58 yards, and Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks each had 14 tackles. That game was frustrating bump. I remember the Seahawks lost a lot of close games during that stretch. It was a really in-between time. Obviously, it was cool to see Geno Smith kind of give you a precursor of what he could do at the end of games, leading that game time field goal drive in that one. But hopefully the Seahawks can do a little bit more in this one and get after the Steelers. But it was an active week in the NFC West, headlined by a showdown between the Niners and the Ravens. What's the word?
1: And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hot Talk? Man, the NFC West is heating up. You have the San Francisco 49ers at 11 and 4 at the top of the division. The Rams and the Hawks log jam in the middle. They're both 8 and 7 and then the Cardinals are 3 and 12. Man, if the playoffs started today, the NFC West would have 3 playoff teams. The Niners are holding down the number one spot and the Rams and the Seahawks had the final two wildcard spots at eight with the records of eight and seven. The Seahawks control their own playoff destiny. They win the next two games. They are good to go, but let's talk about the game of the week. The 49ers against the Baltimore Ravens, man. I was excited for this one. It was uh Christmas day, late night game. Let's see how this thing was going to go down. And, uh, it didn't go down the way I thought it was. It was close for a while. Ended up being 33-19, to 19, but a lot because it's a Brock Purdy, man. It's hard to overcome four interceptions. It was 18-32 yeah. of 32 for 255, um, no touchdowns, and four interceptions, man. In the four losses this year, Brock Purdy's completing 70% of his passes, Passes 1,017 yards, three touchdowns to nine interceptions and one fumble. Now, I'm going to give him a little bit of love. Two of those were on him. The other two, Arn gets hit, Shorter gets hit. Maybe he can get the full ball out of his hands earlier. But I'm not putting all four on on Purdy, but he does get the stat of four interceptions. The game was uh, competitive into the second half, man, trailing 16-12. to The 49ers punted on the first possession, and the Ravens marched down the field. Lamar Jackson finds Nelson Aguilar still in the lead, still making plays. Six yard touchdown that made the score twenty three to twelve. So now the pressure is back on the Niners. What is Brock Purdy going to do? He throws a pick to Patrick Queen on the next offensive play. Then Lamar he threw a second touchdown in the span of eighteen seconds, finding Zay Flowers, who I think is probably the best r- rookie wide receiver in the league uh, this year. And that, that sealed the game. Uh, he made Lamar made his case for the league MVP. He was twenty three of thirty five, two fifty two, two touchdowns and zero interceptions. He also had forty five yards on seven carries for. the the Niners, Kittle and Ayuk, each had over 100 yards receiving. McCaffrey still had a good game, 103 yards rushing on 14 carries and one touchdown. Uh, both teams remain in first place and still control their destiny to lock down the number one seed. But to me, this was the matchup of the two best teams in the NFL, yep. and yep. Uh, Purple got the gold.
0: Yeah, the fact that they came in there and they did that in Santa Clara, and the Niners have been the bullies, right? Everyone yeah. talked about how – you know, essentially, they're the best team in the league. The Ravens had to hear it all week. You have Pro Football Talk; everyone talking about them, and they went in there and they punched the bully in the face. I mean, right. that's what happened. The, the one, the the crazy thing is, like, they're an amazing football team. The Niners still are. They're still probably the best team the NFC has right now. Right. But it's it's very interesting to see when someone else punches them back. There was less talking. I didn't see any laughter on the sideline. I didn't mm-hmm. see people getting in people's faces. It's just it's very interesting there, but uh, no big ups to the Ravens. Those are two really good football teams. And now it's a hell of a football game. So we'll see what happens moving forward. The Niners still can control their destiny. Like bump said to win the number one seed elsewhere in the division. We'll just get through these real quick. Saints at Rams. Rams took down the Saints last Thursday, winning 30 to 22. They're blowing them out. 37 saints make it interesting late, but can't get enough at the, at the end Rams hold on. Stafford was 24-34, 328, two touchdowns. Kyron Williams, who continues to just ball out another 100-yard game for him. And Puka Nakua continues his dominance, 164 yards, nine receptions, one touchdown. Uh, I would say, if you're probably the Rams, you'd be like, yeah, we knew he'd be this good. No, you didn't. Good for you yeah, right
1: for You're y'all. hoping for 600 yards <laughs> and four touchdowns.
0: If that, man, man, <laughs> I... I Good for him. Puga's Puka, killing the game. Um, the other matchup, Cardinals at Bears. I mean, this was a, a rough one for two teams that are struggling. Bears were beating the Cardinals pretty good. They ended up winning 27-16. to 16. And, you know, you said it a couple weeks ago, Bump. I think you said, you know, big ups to Kyler Murray because he came mm-hmm. back when he didn't need to, hustled back for a team that is not very good. Right. team that's won three games, lost nine in a row at one point, I believe. So big ups to him. And, and the crazy thing is, bump. I won't even say too much. I do not want to jinx anything because just because they're three and 12 does not mean they're not going to give the Seahawks everything they have in week 18. The Seahawks will need it to get in the playoffs, all this stuff. So as bad as the Cardinals are right now, I, I will not be surprised. If that's a close game.
1: No, nah, not at all. Um, this is the NFC West and you never know what's going to go down. You got four competent quarterbacks. You got some good coaches out here. Don't sleep. Oh, no, Body, But let's focus on the Steelers. So, let's get back to uh let's go to man up and see what these matchups look like. Hey, oh yeah. man, is this. Man up, man up. Man up, man up. Man up, man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. All right, you know you got to start with the quarterback. But um the Steelers have had several guys play that position, man, for the third week in a row, there's a little uncertainty about who the Seahawks will face. At quarterback, man, Mike Tomlin provided some clarity this week. He said, "Look, they prepare as if Mason Rudolph will be the quarterback. We've seen we've seen Kenny Pickett, we've seen Mitch Trubisky, now we've seen Mason Rudolph, man. But let's talk about Pickett for a little bit, okay? Pickett, uh, um, he's having some surgery on his ankle on the year. Pickett completed 62% of his passes for 2,000 yards, six touchdowns and four interceptions. He was sacked 23 times. All right, the other quarterback." Mitch Trubisky, the former number two pick of the Chicago Bears. You talk about finessing the NFL. <laughs> this guy <laughs> might be the captain of the finesse game. Um, he played in a few games, and the games he did play, he was 38-58, 359, and two touchdowns, three interceptions, and he was sacked five times after two bad losses. Tomlin, again, made a change and it says, all right, we went from Kenny to Trubisky. Now we're going to Mason Rudolph. Um, when I think of Mason Rudolph, I just think of him being concussed with a helmet on with no face mask, walking to the sideline every time Uh, I just can't get that image out of my head. I feel bad for, for, (laughs) for associating him with only that, but that's all I got from my man. (laughs) He's had, he's uh, played in 19 games, 11 starts in those games. He's completed 61% of his passes, 2,659 yards, 18 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Um, he started eight games in 2019, in one game, in 2020, 21, and 23. Um, defensively, the Seahawks held an opponent to under 20 points for the second consecutive week. Let's keep this thing going. The Hawks are 26 in the NFL in total defense line, 358 yards per game, and they're 19th against the pass, allowing 229. I'm just going to go out and hope that Mason had his, his moment mm-hmm. last week. You beat the Cincinnati Bengals. You throw for a bunch of yards. George Pickens bounced back. Now it's back to reality. You got to play a defense that's playing some good football as a play. Yeah, no question.
0: And you're going on the road. You're not going to be at home. You're you're playing a team that is fighting for their playoff lives, and they've been in this fight mode for the last two weeks. So, yeah, I'm hoping, like you said, that we get after him. We get after the quarterback. We sack him. We make things hard for him. He comes in a lumen. it's going to be loud. It's going to be New Year's Eve, so people will be rearing, ready to go, jacked up, fired up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Mason Rudolph had his best game of his career last week. Now flipping over to our quarterback, Geno Smith, our guy. He made his return to the starting lineup after missing two games with that groin injury. His stat line didn't necessarily light the world on fire against the Titans, if you're looking at it, but he is efficient. He's 25 of 36, 227 yards with two touchdowns. He also led his fourth game-winning drive of the season, recording his 14th in his career in just 64 starts. I don't think this gets enough love because people keep saying it, but you got to think about that. He's leading game-winning drives in 21% of his starts. That's essentially one of every five games he's leading a a game-winning drive. Crazy. That's insane to me. You want to talk about Clutch. Like He is clutch. On that game-winning drive in Tennessee, he was 3-for-3 on third down. That sounds pretty damn clutch to me. I know, Bump, you've been outlining all week how good the Seahawks have been on these game-winning drives and on third down, so it's good to see Gino keep that up. gino's just 19 attempts away from passing John Kidna for sixth place on the Seahawks' all-time attempts list at 1,129. On the year, he's completing 64% of his passes, 3,145 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions with a 90 quarterback rating. Now he's taking on the Steeler team. We mentioned it earlier in head-to-head. That's 21 in total defense. 21st against the pass, 20th against the run, 7th in points allowed, and 13th in sacks. So, Geno Smith, I, you know, I, I said earlier, I love that he's not turning the ball over. I love how he made three throws bump in that second half, which are unbelievable because, first of all, the Seahawks had to score in every one of those drives to win the game against the Titans. But he had the one ball, of the right. JSN, the one ball, of the DK, and then the one ball, of the Colby. I mean, he... Gino does not get enough love for sometimes his precision and his accurate passing that I think he should. So I'm all for it. I love where Gino's at. It's good to see him healthy because he gives this team the best opportunity to win. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do against the Steelers.
1: Come on, Gino, keep the good times rolling, man. And talking about rolling, you got two good running backs over there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm talking about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Najee Harris, man, looking for another 1000 yard seasons. Uh, He's uh, This is his third year. He's got back-to-back seasons. He's looking for a back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. He's looking for one more. Um, his 3,335 rush yards are fourth in the NFL since the start of the 2021 season. Uh, in 2021, he was voted to the Pro Bowl, and NFL's all-rookie team. That year, he had 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns, also 74 receptions, and four to 67 yards and three touchdowns. Last season, he had thousand thirty-four with seven touchdowns. He also had forty-one receptions for two hundred twenty-nine yards and three touchdowns. This year, he's got eight hundred yards and five touchdowns. He also has twenty-four receptions for one hundred and forty-nine yards and zero touchdowns. While his rushing numbers are solid, his impact on the pass as a pass catcher is way down. Um, he's fifty receptions short of where he was his rookie season. So that's just um, what do you attribute to that? Is it is it George Pickens? Is it the offense? Is it the quarterbacks? What do you think is going on with that, that stat?
0: I, I think it's because of Warren. I think it's because of Jalen Warren because, first of all, this guy, great story, coming out a JUCO player. Then he goes to Utah State, doesn't get a ton of love. I think he was there for two years. And then he goes to Oklahoma State. This dude rushes for 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, doesn't get drafted. And mm-hmm. he just he makes the team coming out and plays really well, kind of average stats his is rookie year, but this last year he's got 127 carries, 676 yards, three so touchdowns, but he's the one now who has 52 receptions for 330 yards. So I think that's where the receptions have kind of gone. But bump, mm-hmm. they're fun to watch. And if you, if, you, if you need to see anything or know anything about Jalen Warren in this dealer running game, watch the Cincinnati game. Watch him yeah. smack. Oh, my goodness, a Bengals linebacker, 57, I'm blanking on his name, but my goodness, Bump, he hit this man into next week. It's one of those, you know those memes, right, where you get crossed up and they show you flying into space or something like that? That's what he did. <laughs> what Holy else? smoke! So these guys bring the lunch pail <clears throat> and they can run it.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I appreciate that, but none of that this weekend. Now let's talk about the receivers for the Steelers, George Pickens, uh, the goon who wore a ski mask when he got drafted. And Deontay Johnson versus the Seahawks secondary. George Pickens was all over the headlines leading into uh, last week's game for the wrong reasons. Not blocking, saying, look, I don't want to get hurt and all that. Look, I'm a receiver. I understand where you're coming from, but you got to block, right? Receivers create the big plays, man. But last week, he just went off. He fought all the negativity in the press. He does his thing, 195 yards on four targets, an 86-yard touchdown, and a 66-yard touchdown. Um, Pickens is the sixth receiver in the NFL to register multiple 60-plus-yard TD receptions in the same game since 2006. It does not happen often. That 86-yard TD reception was the longest reception, TD reception in offensive play from scrimmage in the NFL this season. On the year 56 receptions, 1,009 yards, and five touchdowns. Let's talk about Deontay. Um, he's got 43 receptions for 552 yards and four touchdowns. After uh, giving up tons of explosive plays to the 49ers, the Seahawks, they started to lock it down. Man, you go from the Niners and then you got the Eagles. What are you going to do against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? You lock them down, man. Neither of those guys have more than 56 yards. You got to credit Rick Woolen, Trey Brown, and Mike Jackson. Devin Witherspoon wasn't available, so those guys had to step up. The Seahawks are 19th in, in the NFL, allowing 229 yards per game Devin Witherspoon missed last week. Yeah, he, uh, he's missed three games this year, but he is still fourth in the NFL with 16 passes defended on the season. Now, he only has one game this season where he does not have a pass defended. They keep going at him. He keeps coming up big. Hopefully he'll be back this week. Uh, we shall see, man. The Hawks as a the team, they have 71 passes defended. That's 11th in the NFL. So I look at his defense and I go, what's the strength? It has to be in the secondary, right? Think, think, think about Reek and Devin Witherspoon, and the safeties. But, um, you know, I think the defense is working on an identity, and I think it starts with the back end. I like what the D-linemen are doing. I think we'll talk about them in a bit, but I look at that secondary and go, no matter who you plug in there, they're making plays. So you get Spoon back, you feel good about this week.
0: Yeah, no question about it. I think D-line, obviously, and defensive backs work hand-in-hand, but if you're taking the ball away and you're locking guys up, that just helps them if the Quarterback has to pump one more time. Got to hold on to it a half second longer. That helps the guys like Boye and those guys get home. So definitely love what the Seahawks are doing from a secondary standpoint. As of now, the last matchup I want to look at it is TJ Watt, man. versus or body. TJ is, you know, no one would have thought, or at least I didn't think coming back to, you know, 2017, 2018, that he would be a better player than his brother when it's all said and done. And he's going to be just from the numbers he's putting up. Right. J.J. Watt's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and his brother should be right behind him because right now this year, for example, he leads the NFL in sacks with 17, fifth in the NFL and TFLs with 16. He's closing in on his third career season in the NFL, uh, leading the NFL in sacks, third time. He's the first player since 1982 when the individual sack became an official statistic to lead the league three times. Watt is one of five players in NFL history with 94 sacks, 100 Four tackles for loss, 195 quarterback hits, 27 force fumbles, 10 recoveries, 20 strip sacks. Leads the NFL in sacks to 2017, 2021 Defensive Player of the Year, five time Pro Bowl or three time All Pro. I could go on and on and on and on and on. Do a complacent ball. That's really all you need to know. This year on the season, 58 <laughs> tackles, <laughs> 17 sacks, 16 TFLs, eight passes defended, one interception. The saving grace for me in the Seahawks offensive line. Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, the rest of them, they're battle tested. They've had to go against Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Aiden Hutchinson, Micah Parsons, to name a few. And there's the other dude from Cincinnati that i blanking on his name right now. But they've played all the best guys in the league up front rushing the passer. Seahawks have allowed 37 sacks on the year, which they've kind of fell back in the middle of the pack. They're 18th now, so just below the middle there. But I'm confident those guys are going to find ways to to slow him down. You know, as long as he doesn't have – he might get one or two bumps. That is what it is. He's that good of a player. As long as he doesn't take over the game, I feel good about it. So, anyway, he's that dude. You're going to see him making plays. But lock him down, contain him, and the Seahawks will have a really good chance of getting this victory. But we'll tell you how they get that done. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away.
1: And that kick is good. The Seahawks win. It's good. It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. All right, this is how they're going to get it done, okay? The playoffs are now. You control your own destiny. You need to win the next two weeks, and you are in the playoffs. And you got to take care of the football. You are 5-1 and when not committing a turnover. All right, let's do that. You are 5-0 when they win the turnover battle. Simple. Take care of the football, win the turnover battle. You should be good to go. Gino, continue to be you. You are good enough to push this team to the playoffs and possibly win a game. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. All right, Continue to get the running backs involved. As we've been uh, saying all week, the last couple of weeks, they're 6-0 and when they rush for 100 yards. So Ken Walker needs to be in the game plan early and often feed the young man.
0: Oh yeah, no question about it. Last week, the Seahawks only got 58 yards rushing, I believe, on 20 carries. So definitely want to see more of that. Want to see the carries go up there. And keep finding a way to get the ball in the hands of your your young guys, right? DK, make half, plays. JSN has really come along strong, I feel like, on third down. He's really emerging, you know, as that third threat, as that guy that can really help this offense. So I want to see him spread the love. And let's get Tyler back involved, man. Tyler's always good for a couple of key clutch catches. So let's keep slinging that thing. Defensively, I just talked about it for a long time. Block T.J. Watt, man. Don't let him take over the game, and you'll have a chance. And then get after Mason Rudolph, please. He hasn't been a starter for a reason. He hasn't been a starter since 2021. And he's a guy who's coming off a really good game, but now he's got to go into a hostile environment, get after the quarterback. You know, the Seahawks had a lot of pressure last week. to help win the game against Brian Tannehill. I think they can do the same this week. And that should help you take the ball away. And if you do those things... It's gonna be a nice, happy new year. Nice little, nice little Christmas gift, a little New Year's gift as you go into 2024 and you know, hoping to chase the Seahawks down in a fun playoff run. That's gonna do it for us. Reminder, you can hear us everywhere: Seahawks.com, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Sirius XM, and more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate us. We appreciate the five stars and everyone who's already rated. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nassar Chobe. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. The Seahawks taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday at Lewin Field at 105. Hoping the Seahawks get it done. And we'll be talking to you next week. Really, next year. Talking about a Seahawks victory. Going to the playoffs. I'm Nassar Chobe. He's Michael Bumpus. It's been Hawk Talk.